0: welcome to the how to hunt deer podcast this podcast series was designed to educate those who are interested in becoming deer hunters or brushing up on the skills essential for success we cover a variety of topics that will help you become more confident and successful in the field while hunting deer In this episode of the How to Hunt Deer podcast, I catch up with Greg Litzinger to hear what he keys in on when map scouting for deer in the big woods and salt marshes on highly pressured public land in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. All the competition means Greg needs every edge he can get to seal the deal on big bucks. We get into how Greg uses maps to find the kinds of properties he's looking for, the specific features he keys in on when map scouting, what would make him ride a property off and just walk away from it, and his top advice to help the average hunter kill more deer. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, joining me on this episode of the How to Hunt Deer podcast is the bow hunting fiend, Mister Greg Litzinger. Greg, what are you up to, man? What's happening, man? You know, uh, I'm talking deer hunting. There you go. There you go. Hey, it's good evening. It's the it's getting close to the end of February. Are, are you feeling the blues, or
1: are you getting out in the woods? Um, I like scouting more than hunting. Believe it or not. <laughs> Oh, man. um, I know that sounds I know that sounds crazy, but uh, like Johnny Stewart and i we we talk about that all the time, like we I mean even during hunting season you're scouting, you know scouting is hunting, you know so you, there's really no downtime for me when it comes to hunting because I look at hunting and scouting it's pretty much the same. I just don't carry a bow this time of year. you know you're still trying to figure out the puzzle, you're still learning, you know you're still making your mistakes, you know, trying to figure things out so. Pretty much for me, I, I look them pretty much as the same. Yeah, same thing. You're just
0: not taking the shot.
1: Yes, exactly. Man,
0: well, well, what I what I wanted to have you on to talk a little bit about is map scouting today. We're putting together a bit yeah. of a series where I've got a couple of guys that I look at and I say, man, these guys, they're just, they're diverse. They know what they're talking about. They get it done in multiple terrain types. Like those are the guys who who I want to pick their brain about uh, when it comes to map scouting and you're one of those guys that came to my mind. So mm-hmm. if people aren't right. familiar with you, uh, tell us a little bit about the places that you hunt. Cause I, I think at least one of them is pretty unique.
1: Yeah. Uh, to, a quick bio, uh, 30, so hunting 30 years, uh, pretty much public from day one, um, Hunt very little private. I have access to, I don't really hunt it. And I've been a mobile hunter. Day one. So I uh, live in New Jersey, uh, South Jersey. I hunt the big woods, big woods from New Jersey, you know, with a couple thousand acre pieces is considered a, a big tract of unbroken timber here in South Jersey. Um, I hunt the mountains in North Jersey and the salt marshes, tidal marshes along the, the Delaware Bay and the ocean side. So kind of, New Jersey is a pretty good state. It allows you to hunt a lot of various different terrains uh, in a, you know, two or three hour drive. So it's a pretty nice state when you look at it that way. Yeah, You you have a lot of opportunity to hunt different terrains on your same tag without spending $300 out of state tag. Sure.
0: You you don't really think of New Jersey as like a destination kind of place. Um, But when I I lived in Louisiana, I had a good, uh, a real good friend of mine uh was from new jersey and he grew up hunting new jersey and pennsylvania and the way he <laughs> talked about like everything there was to do and hunt and and even i guess some yeah. there's some ag ground in new jersey yeah. around where he was and uh, so they he, i guess he did some bear hunting as a younger guy yeah, a lot, and, uh yeah a just lot of bears up
1: north all kinds of all high countries. concentration bears actually. yeah it's i mean we're the garden state so if you want to hunt ag in public, there's plenty of places that got that. You know, uh bird hunting's real big. Um, there's a lot of pheasants. Um, pheasant hunting, get some woodcock, uh yeah, pretty much anything you want to hunt in New Jersey, you can. Uh, the only downfall is the very generous uh buck state. You can kill five bucks, sometimes six in certain zones a season. So the age class isn't the best as far as mature deer because you know there's not many six or seven year old deer running around especially on public you know so it's a challenge to find this older mature deer um, on a consistent basis
0: yeah you're also dealing with something there in New Jersey that I'm not dealing with necessarily here in southern Wisconsin and that's a massive number of people
1: yeah (laughs) it's uh, a lot of people (laughs) So do you, do you uh, have a lot of, of um, This year, believe it or not, I one spot I hunted. It was quite a few Pennsylvania trucks, um, which is odd because you know where it was. I mean, the closest PA is, is you know over to the Commodore Barry Bridge. I guess would be probably forty minute clip. You know, and that's what they live like, right over over the border uh, in PA. So these guys were driving. Pretty far, and there's a few hammers that live out there, you know, like not excessive mounts, but there's a few, you know, 150 caliber deer um, mm-hmm. in this area. But these usually know it's uh, a lot of PA guys, more bird hunters, rabbit hunters, um, but bow hunters, not much out of state competition down here, like North Jersey, up in the Delaware Water Gap region, because you got New York, you got PA all right there. There's a lot of out of staters, okay. Um, but, but down here, yeah, I get a few Delaware guys, but the Delaware the Delaware guys, they're, uh, you know, they were Jersey residents that moved to Delaware and took them over here to hunt, you know, because mm-hmm. the 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 liberal season, the the longer season, and you can kill more bucks, sure. etc. Cetera, et cetera. So
0: between just lots of different habitat types there in New Jersey and the number of people that you're having to sort of uh, hunt around let's say and the the amount of opportunity that's out there and the fact that you're also a family man your time sure. is pretty limited and it and you really really need a leg up and so yeah. i'm curious I'll, i want to hear your answer to this how important is map scouting for you
1: knowing that my wife makes turn make sure she's not listening um so that she won't listen to us <laughs> i spend way i spend way too much time looking at maps my phone, like we sit in the couch at night, like she thinks I'm on YouTube or Instagram or, or something, editing a video, I'm really on maps looking at spots <laughs> that, I've, that, that I've, I've hunted for years. Like there's this one spot, I mean I've been hunting it for a decade and every every year I pull my, my cameras, you know, the last couple of years and I hunt the same areas, deer do the same thing. I still look over these maps I'm, and I'm figuring maybe one day something's gonna jump out. Like I know the wood's like the back of my hand I got you know so much time spent there in Intel, and I still look at that place on you know on a map, thinking I'm going to find something I've never seen before on a map. It's just it's it can be kind of obsessive, um, for sure.
0: Man, well, I, I want to sort of tap into some of that experience with this uh, with this episode and with these questions that I'm going to be asking you, and 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 tap into a little bit of that uh, that ex- that. Um, I guess that obsession that you have, I had, I had Zach Farrenball on the other day and we talked about being a good map scouter and becoming a a great map scouter. And the thing he said was like, you've got to, this is like quote of the day from him. He said, you got to be a weirdo, Mm -hmm. you know, describing (laughs) basically what you just said was like, yeah, Yeah. I'm doing it all the time. I'm looking at the same places over and over again. I'm just, it's always on my mind.
1: It's, It's like my buddy's, uh, he played football uh, in college, and oh, work buddy—I guess you would call him. But he said the same thing: you just watch film of the same guys over and over and over again, and you say you, in the same mindset. You, I watched this guy make run this play or do this thing a hundred times, but I still watch it because I'm looking for something, looking for eyes or hit something you didn't see before, and mm-hmm. it's pretty much like the same thing. You just keep searching and searching until you know you'll find what you're looking for or you just keep searching and probably never find it.
0: Yeah. So, so let's, let's start to think about the properties and the places that you, that you hunt Um, uh, perhaps even new properties that you're looking at. When you break out the maps, like what are the features that make a property really appealing to you?
1: Um, As the older I get, I look for larger uh, pieces, and I picked this up from my buddy down in uh, Kentucky, Josh. Uh, he, uh, he told me he only hunts very large pieces on public, the bigger the better, because if you're getting bucks on a regular basis on that property, odds are he's living there more times than not, You know, or, or more, a good percentage, that's his home range. So you have a better chance of killing him. If you're hunting a, a 200 acre piece and that buck comes through once, every two weeks it's the odds of killing him is slim. But if you want say a 5,000 acre piece and he's coming through and you're getting there, you know, two pictures a week of him all over property. Well, your odds of killing him are have jumped dramatically. So the, the larger the piece and the more kind of diverse the habitat in that piece, the more I'm kind of drawn to it. Um, especially here in Jersey, you know, it's, you gotta go where others don't go and usually swamps briars you know or distance you know
0: yes on, on that on that part about uh larger pieces like what's what's kind of that threshold I, i've got several spots that i like to hunt uh here close to me that are that are pretty small in that 200 ish range and then I've got a couple that are a bit larger, and I I've found what's kind of a sweet spot for my area. I think that that helps me to stay on the deer. Uh, but what do you think is kind of like that that sweet spot as far as a size?
1: If let's just say if it's 200 acres, it has to be in for my own personal preference. Smaller pieces, I'll hit early season and or late season because they're if it's there's available food nearby standing cornfield or beans or something. Um, and then once, you know, like October hits, I kind of venture into the larger pieces. Um, cause once bucks separate, you know, once you go hard horned, it, there's smaller pieces. They just, the big guys just don't stick around because the smaller pieces are easy to figure out for the most part. Sure. They're, they got good access. You people park, you know, it's not a very hard, long walk. so. I hunt smaller pieces early and late more early than late and then trend transition into the bigger pieces. You know, once the acorns and everything start dropping, they go hard horn and uh, I can kind of get away from people cause here in Jersey we have a, a relatively early season. Usually it's like September 10th or 12th, whatever that second Saturday of the month falls on. So the, the first two weeks of season bucks are, you know, pretty consistent for the most part. You know, if they're not uh, severely pressured and it's really hot so most people don't really go out yep
0: all right so what you've you've located the pieces and, and i think you've probably got you've got a lot of uh experience with some of the places that you hunt but but assuming that you're maybe breaking down kind of a new piece of property once you've decided on one you said okay this one's got the diversity that i want to see it's about the size of the property that i want what does your map scouting process look like from there?
1: Um, it's, but we're kind of relatively flat, so you don't get much terrain, um, type of features on on any map. Um, so, it's I look for swamps. Um, I look for edges, be it uh, like overgrown field, um, either maybe soybean field, something that's gonna Funnel deer movement down, you know, in, in a certain direction. Uh, but usually, I mean, I stick to water. Uh, that seems to be where the bigger bucks here in Jersey like to be. So I look for water and swamps, and I look for hard places that are hard to reach. Um, uh, I know here in Jersey, people don't follow the rules. Uh, no, no driving down. You know, this road, everybody drives down the road. So you, I kind of look at it, uh, where the parking is, where access is. And I try and find a, an area that it's either going to be overlooked by somebody's going to, I want to drive to the center of property. Well, they're missing, you know, they're driving past all the good spots. Hmm. So I kind of think about where hunters would be, would go and you know, I kind of go from there and then I'll do like a drive by, you know, or on quick scout and knock some things off the list. And if things kind of go well, like, all right, I feel the spot, I found a big rubber big tracks. I'll kind of dive into the map, um, a little more extensively. I don't like new, new, me personally on new properties. I don't over obsess, obsess overly, overly obsess on, there we go. That's the word I'm looking for because if I'm not going to hunt it, I don't want to spend 20 hours looking at maps for a spot. I'm not going to hunt. So, I do like a quick look for water, you know, uh, maybe a canoe access or something, and then I want to get boots on the ground, and if I don't see what I want, I'm pulling the plug and going somewhere else. Gotcha. Um, okay.
0: All right. So, you're you're kind of starting that. out from a perspective of, I want to eliminate this property, or I want to eliminate as much of this property as I can.
1: Yes. Yeah. Cause, I mean we're all. I mean, like I was saying, or I'm I'm guilty of looking over maps that that I know of. But if I'm going to hunt a property where I think something might be, if I walk that property like a speed scouting session, and if I don't find any big rubs or I find like a lot of human sign or or something, I'm not going to waste my time there because the odds of seeing what I want to shoot it's it's not good. You know, outside of the ruts, I guess you know one of those luck sits. So I'm kind of looking for seclusion and and big buck sign. And if I don't find that, then I want to just hit another piece of that property and do the same thing. Okay. I, uh, let, let, and then once, Oh go ahead. sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. you know, you can just not, you know, time, like I said, time's limited for everybody. So if you're on an area where there's no big bucks and you want to shoot a big box, well, <laughs> it, it's not going to get well for you. You know, it's going to be a frustrating <laughs> endeavor.
0: Sure. Sure. So when you're, when you're getting to these places and you're saying, if I'm not seeing what I want to see um, yeah. maybe go into that just a little bit, because I think that can differ by yeah. different people's property. So um, you know, as I've hunted a bit in the South and then hunted here in Southern Wisconsin, where I now live um, the amount of sign that I'm looking for here is drastically different than it was in Louisiana yeah. and is drastically different than it was when I hunted in Alabama. Like I'm just, uh, I, I can imagine. It's that. night and day difference. Yeah. Uh, so, um, what does that look like for you?
1: For me, it's it's big rubs, and by big, I don't necessarily mean the the size of the tree. It's tall, uh, with tine marks up kind of high, um, or like bushes that are just like shredded, um, and big tracks. Um, big tracks equal big deer. No matter how you slice and dice, The big tracks it will equal you know. It, it might not be 150; it could be 120. But uh, a deer is two twenty-five, two thirty-five. That's a big deer, and there's a good chance he's going to have some tag gear on his head. Yeah. Or he's going to be, you know, an older class bump, which is a go for me anyway. You know, I, I'm not a. I need, it needs to be 140 inches for me to shoot. Like I'm looking for a mature body, you know, mature, you know, deer to to go after yeah, 120 inches, 110 inches, or you know, 150. Yeah. But yeah, like big rubs, big rubs and big tracks. I like that. Um, that piece is super
0: important. I think that the big, the big tracks piece, cause I think there, are like, there are some properties here that I know for a fact, they're a good deer on. Cause I've got them on camera, mm-hmm. but I'm not seeing yep. a lot of rubs or I'm not seeing yep. a lot of scrapes. Uh, I'm just not seeing the, you know, the concentration of sign I would expect from having, you know, 140 or 150 inch deer. Yeah. walking around on this place, but the tracks don't lie. Well,
1: yeah, exactly. And some deer are more rub happy than others. Um, now here in Jersey, you know, I've killed a lot of deer with, uh, like, uh, I use rubs to kill a lot of deer, but there's other pieces. I see really good deer in there's no rubs and it's like early season that time you you know, mid September, you would start seeing some rubs. It, I don't think some deer just either from a safety standpoint, cause no rubs bring danger. Um, you know, rubs are, you know, cause who doesn't, you, you see a big rub in the woods everybody goes, so if you're a bird hunter, a duck hunter, a hiker, sometimes, you know, like every, it's like a magnet, like a beacon in the woods. Yep. So some of these old deer are like, well, I, this is my spot. You know, if I rub here, you know, people will be all you know, from a business. So I think some of these bigger deer is won't rub, you know, or they'll rub, they are like to go out to the field edges or near the roads or something where it's not bothering their, uh their daytime activity if that makes sense
0: yeah absolutely absolutely so all right so you're going to these properties and you're 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 giving them just a little bit of time you're putting boots yeah. on the ground pretty quickly you're not spending 20 hours looking over a map before you ever touch it mm-hmm. you're putting a little yeah. bit of time in on the map you're going to make sure the the property has what you want then you come back to the map what do you start to look for then is that the point where you're starting to say all right i need to find some the, the most promising bedding, I'm looking for food, I'm looking yeah. for travel routes, or have you sort of broken mm-hmm. some of that down already?
1: Yeah, it's um, so the quick overview on the map, you know, and, and scouting, uh, the, the speed scouting gives me a quick lay of the land, because sometimes there won't be terrain features like on the map, but you get out there, and there'll be a 10 foot drop. So, if I'm walking this piece, and you see, you know, it you like walk on a swamp edge, and it's not showing a, a, a drop, but there's a, a five, 10 foot drop, then I have a good idea that every piece in that property where that swamp edge is gonna be, is gonna have that same type of drop, so to speak, just gonna be some elevation change. So I'll go to those areas and look at it, like, all right, there's a small little point, you know, going into that swamp, that's probably bedding, and I'll mark that, boom. You know, it's a small little, you know, it faint little, you know, it's not like it, in hill country or mountain country where, you know, it's like a noticeable point. If I lost this property and, you know, I'm on a point and I mark it on, you know, I, I'm Spartan Forge. has got pretty good maps in some of the areas. Um, so you can actually see almost, you know, if it is a point cause you'll see where the swamp and, and the hardwoods kind of meet, you know, uh, so I'll mark all these when i speed scout and then come back and spend more time at it. And every little spot I marked, uh, when I'm speed scouting, I I look on the map and I try to see if there's a lot of any similarities between what I saw and what I marked. And usually there's a, a similarities between the two similarities. There we go <laughs> between the two. And then uh, you look for dark or cover pines. You know, uh, spot and hunt in the big woods. There's a lot of mountain laurel. Well, years of looking over maps. You know back in the day, like Google earth, you know, you go to like the, the January mode. Well, mountain laurel and pines stay green, you know, they're, or dark on the map. So, um, I mark all those spots. It's probably bedding, maybe some thermal cover, you know, definitely like an edge for browse and just very minor things. Like I don't really get super detailed, uh, with the maps, like I said, just the first couple of times in the, in there. Um, so I kind of, I try and keep it simple so I don't psych myself out uh, or, or like overthink the area. And then I'll pick tours, or, two or three spots in that, you know, say a 5,000 acre piece and I'll go back into those areas and I'll look at those areas, you know, grid search them almost, you know, like quadrants. All right, I'm going to go and you'll, you got all the, the tracking apps or uh, the tracking mode and all the apps. So you just, walk it. And then you look at your tracking, uh, where you were. I'm like, all right, that spot's no good. And you keep walking out like, all right, this spot, I found some browse. I found some honeysuckle, a bunch of oaks, you know, and kind of just keep it very simple. Look for food, you know, bedding and food. And that's pretty much what I always look for anyway. You know, uh, once I know I locate some bedding and some possible food, uh, feeding areas, I'll look for, the thick cover that deer will travel, especially bucks. You know, if I can stand upright, I don't hunt it personally, or I try not to because this year's hunting these pressure deer. Like if you can, if it's easy walking for you, then bigger bucks just ain't going to walk it on a it from years of hunting this and camera data. They do walk it, but it's low odds of seeing him when you're hunting. So, I try to hunt the thickest, nastiest stuff I can find. And along and you said in between what I think is batting and food. Sure.
0: Any, any tips? So, like, w- one thing that I learned a, a number of years ago is in, for my map scouting, I was always, or I was never really drawn to those areas that on my map looked a little more open, like open canopy. Mm-hmm. But then I realized later yep. on that so those are, like, especially here where I'm at in southern Wisconsin, those are some of the thickest areas. Like that's where the briars are grown up. You know, that's yeah. where just yeah. the the grass is head high and it's just yeah. nasty. Any tips like that Hold for that. finding bed or f- bedding areas or thick cover or food?
1: Um, I can look at a map probably because I've looked at it for for so long, and a lot of areas I hunt are, are I won't say similar, but like flat ground is, is very similar between state to state, but as far as like a beginner tip is you got to spend a lot of time in that property. Uh, especially in this time of year, if you can spend an hour or two and walk that property and get a feel for it because, um, sometimes maps don't show everything that you need to see. And, you know, I, I, I'm still like probably cause I'm older. Like I do, I, I still spend a lot of time scouting like boots on, you know, burning boot leather, um, so trying to find it on a map. Open canopy stuff, I personally stay away from uh, on a map. If, you know, we've tried to reword this, because <laughs> uh, I don't get too advanced. Sure, so it's sure. kind of like, I know, uh, pull back here a little bit. Yeah, no, we can get off of the weeds
0: a bit if you need to.
1: Yeah. Well, I start going down a rabbit hole, and I'll end up, you know, talking about Mars and Outer Space here in like three seconds. You'd be "What am I talking about?" <laughs> um, but as far as like trying to find betting for beginner, for me, it's better to burn some boot leather um, and use the mapping, um, kind of integrate the two at the same time. Yep. as you're walking, look at the map. Like, all right, this is this is looking thick and then go to your map and be like, all right, well, this don't look thick on the map, you know? And then mark that spot, you know, and, and go into the notes and, and write, you know, it's real thick, you know? And then walk somewhere else where it gets really thick and then it's like, all right, right, really thick. And then try and, you know, zoom in and out on the map, change the layers, change the views. Like that's what's great about the Spartan Forge. You can change, he has, you know, three or four different maps and sometimes you'll get a different, uh satellite image of it and sometimes it's like a little later season you can kind of see the the difference between the the foliage and the frame uh the different leaf cover canopy cover and then trying to go off that so you got two spots that are severely marked you know like real thick not so thick and then you zoom in on the map and be like all right this looks really thick on the map now i know this looks thick and then you can kind of go back, like zoom out on the map and then pick other spots. Like, all right, this is really thick cover here. This is thick cover here. And just try to eliminate some spots and go right to those spots and scout them.
0: Yeah, so you kind of need to learn that for your own area by relating yeah, your boots yeah. on the ground to what you're seeing. Because, you know, yeah. I, I'm thinking about a spot, um, you know, and I've heard you say other places, you know, go for that dark cover where it's probably mm-hmm. going to be pines. And, you know, hunt when I hunted in Alabama, you know, pine, the pine thickets were where the deer bedded all the time. Like yeah. that's just what they did. But then here in Southern Wisconsin where I'm at, the pine thickets are where there's nothing, there's no cover from six feet or down. You know, everything's, yeah. everything's head high on me and it's basically a wasteland underneath. Um, yeah. So I think learning to relate that to wherever you are is super, super important.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, if and this is like, I'm talking like a, like a, Big wood section. Now, if you were looking in, say, more hill country or like ag, you can definitely pick better spots uh, on the map without putting the boots on the ground because you're going to see, you know, a field or a clear cut or something on a you know satellite image. You know that the clear cut or field or a field or something. You know that you can see the, the distinct edge in there where there's two, two you know two types of cover meeting. Well, that's a great place to start looking for deer signs. Anytime you have, you know, two types of cover converging at the same point, there's going to be either browse or bedding there for the most part. Buck sign, rub, scrapes. You know, it's a great place to start.
0: Yep. Yep. So let's jump into a little bit um, of, I I don't think that map scouting is just an off-season thing for you, right? Uh, You're a guy that's big on hunting the fresh sign. Um, Yeah. So what kind of role does, does map scouting or maybe we don't even call it map scouting at that point. Maybe we just call it hunting while using maps. Yeah. What role does that play for you during the season? Um, As far as like every hunt kind of thing.
1: Yeah. So that's what's great about like all the tracker apps, you know, the the tracker mode and all, you know, the apps is you walk in and say, I want to scout, you know, scout my way into the spot. There was some bucks on there in the, in the spring I'm gonna go in there and try to hunt it mid-October because I think the bucks might be coming through here because there's a lot of rubs usually maybe they're looking for those so I'm gonna scout my way in and hunt the fresh sign and then maybe the rubs aren't there just here so you scout them a little bit further you, know, you kind of keep scouting and, and looking at your map where you hunted or where you walked before and you keep trying to find either like fresh tracks droppings uh rubs or scrapes like for me like that's what's great about being like a mobile hunter is you always have your gear with you because you know uh, like last year I was going into a spot and I was like I gotta get, I gotta go deep and halfway through I found a massive scrape big tracks big rubs and i I actually walked past it I'm like what are you an idiot like because acorns were dropping like I you I, yo, I kind of went way past the scrape I came back you know set up in a tree and I was covered up in box I had two bucks fighting underneath my tree. You know, if I would have walked past that because I was being stubborn and not hunting the fresh sign, I would have missed all that stuff. You know, yeah. So having the ability to have all your gear with you, I think, is important if you're hunting fresh sign. Yeah. If you're hunting like pre hung sets, you better have a lot of pre hung sets. Sure. Because <laughs> if the signs, if the signs not there, which that, maybe that buck that laid down sign got killed, or maybe there somebody put a ladder stand or you a know, ground blind six yards away cutting the deer off and they, and they kind of change their pattern. So the ability to hunt fresh sign with all your gear, you know, um, is important and that's, what's great about, like I said, all the, the tracking information on your phone or you know, whatever you're using, you know, GPS or your phone, like you know exactly where you were and you can data log all your stuff. So mapping while you're scouting and hunting is it, it really goes kind of hand in hand in my opinion.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you're you're a saddle guy, right? Yes. How and that is when uh, did you make that switch?
1: Um, I used to have an old limb wolf assassin full body harness and platform. Oh yeah, I that platform. And uh, ten years, twelve years ago, and I overpaid for it. I mean, an archer Talk, man. That guy berate me on that price, man. But I hunted out of my buddies and I loved. it. I was like, I need this because in the salt marsh, I'm already you know, five foot off the ground and I'm hunting the last two hours of light. It's perfect. I could stand up for two hours, yep. you know? So I bought that and then I bought a tree saddles. What's that one that came out with the big, huge diaper? Um, was it a tree saddle? Is it, I forget what it's called. Trophy line, yeah. Oh yeah, the old the, the tree saddle. Like, Yep. Yeah, like I bought that thing. I hated that thing. It was awful. So, I like the idea of that. So, I used to have a, just a hip belt um, from the tree hopper guys. They felt like a, a lineman's belt. Yep. Well, I would just use a, a hang on and a lineman's belt. And I would wear the lineman's belt. I didn't wear a full body harness. And I would just wear it around my hips and then girth hitch, uh, you know, girth it up to your tree and actually lean into it like a saddle. And that's with a hang on. And that's how I hunted well, for a long time because I used the tree as cover, you know. And then. I got the tether, you know, and then now I got the latitude and it's just such a compact way to hunt. Like if I'm going through some brush, I everything in my, uh, soup, uh, Badland Superday pack. I just take it off and I just drive, you know, I push it forward, like push it up, drag it along and it don't get caught on too many debris. You know, there's nothing really external in my packs that my climbing sticks, they're, but they're like at the bottom. So being able to have all my gear in one backpack it's pretty nice
0: <laughs> yeah for sure for sure i i made i made that swap a couple of years ago and uh, man i i don't want to be one of those guys that's out like preaching the saddle hunting gospel and trying to evangelize people but at the same time <laughs> gosh if you're mobile and if you want to get the most out of your map and and truly be on the fresh sign and and you know mm-hmm. I think it's, it's a, it's a huge, huge tool.
1: You got you you got to try it. Like I know my one buddy, he it's a love hate. He hates it more than he loves it. And I, I just, for me, it was like the transition because like the, the way I hunted for a long time, it was a easy transition. You know, it wasn't that difficult. And then each year I get better at making it more comfortable. You know, like this year I made a few changes. How I set it up and where I put the tether, and I'm like, yeah, I went to the ring of steps and a few other things. So it made hunting more enjoyable, um, and I could sit still for a lot longer. Yep, yep. You which know, is a, a bonus.
0: it is. You know, one thing that it did for me, it removed that whole tendency where if I lugged a tree stand into the woods, you better believe I'm climbing a tree. <laughs> I did all the work to get this thing back here. I'm putting this thing in a freaking tree. Right. Yeah. But with a saddle, I'm okay. You know, I've had hunts now because I'm, I'm not settling for, for a sign. That's not fresh. I've had, I've had yeah. times I never set up or I've had times that yeah. I get there, you know, with 15 or 20 minutes of shooting light left. And I'm like, okay, this is the spot, but 20 minutes here yeah. is better than two hours in a yeah. spot. That's not good. And I'll sit on the ground with a saddle because yeah. I don't feel that same level of obligation to get yep. up into a tree because I'm not hauling a 15 pound climber or 20 pound climber anymore.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I think I had four sits this year where I went into the big woods and like the, the wind was saying it's going to blow out of the North or Northwest. You get to the, the trail, you know, the trailhead, I guess you would call it. It's blowing North, Northwest. I get in there and it's blowing like East. So I go, I still, you know, scout my way all the way into these spots. And then like, I have to scout my way back to Trump, come home. I so it's like, if the buck is in there, it's blowing East. Like if I get any closer, I'm just going to blow it out, mm. you know, yep. uh, and blow him out. So it's like, I'm not going to waste a fit sitting in, a, in a, a location. That's just not good. You know, especially like if there again, I'm not necessarily hunting, you know, per se, but I am scouting which is hunting. So I'm still learning the piece of wood, even though I'm not actually, and i am gotten pretty good at still hunting. You know, too, where the wind's wrong, I'll go to a spot. I'm like, well, let me just cut this wind and try and head up this way and see if I can find some fresh sign where I never know existed. You know, and I pull out the maps. And I'm like, all right, this looks like some dark cover over here. Let me get on the south side of this, you know, and see what happens. Yeah,
0: yeah, man. That's well, just good.
1: Like, like the the mapping software at your fingertips yeah. is if things don't go right, you can literally pull your map up and be like, all right. I was going to hunt here because there's an edge, but the wind's wrong. Can I get on the other side? Cause the wind's going to be better on that side, you know, and maybe you never hunted over there, but with the mapping software, you can, you know, navigate and like, all right, I'm gonna go 150 yards up here. I'm going to cross right here, you know, and you can actually map out your, how you want to get there. So you have your, you're cutting the best wind for yourself, you know, without blowing out the area. So that's another way to like to, to use mapping software is, Yo, I'm know, oh, sorry. My cat is getting good nuts over here. Loving <laughs> <laughs> crazy. If someone's bringing a mouse. You? Oh, no, Uh But yeah, like I said, taking the mapping software and try to uh, plot uh, another way around the swamp for a better wind. You know, because everybody's we're all guilty of that you get in there and the wind's wrong. A lot of people hunt it. Well, that's a terrible idea if you're trying to shoot a mature deer. Yep. You know, or any. Or even even a, a doe group. If you hunt the wrong wind on a doe group, they're going to bust you, blow, and they're going to keep blowing and pretty much just ruin everybody's hunting a you know, three square mile radius. Um, yeah, because they're going to yeah. keep blowing for you know, an hour straight,
0: <laughs> standing there looking at you at sixty yards too. Yeah, like yeah. not even not even oh. running off, just just yeah. messing you up, <laughs> stomping
1: their feet. You're like, oh, just go away. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I so said there's
1: with, with mapping, there's a, a lot of ways to use it. And I think some uh, methods suit other people better, you know. Um, you know, like how Zach hunts. you know, he spends a lot of time in the woods. I mean, and that's his job. So his job is to know his area and to kill. So he's going to obsess over the maps because, well, that's his job. Like, I'm going to obsess over maps because I, I enjoy it. I'm not a a, a geeky, nerdy, techie kind of guy. I just enjoy looking at the map, trying to figure an area out. Yep. You know, like a, a new guy might look at the map and kind of be intimidated or not fully understand all the resources he has at his fingertips. So like my one buddy, he, he uses uh, I forget what, what software he's got, but it's a basic software. He uses it. So old, you know, like it's like 1970s. It's like, dude, like you can take a picture. You can, you can screenshot your, your tree or screenshot the sign and upload it to the thing. Ah, like he doesn't care to, he just doesn't want to get lost. That's what he likes mapping software for. Sure. So he can get to his truck, you know, and doesn't get lost in the woods. Yep. So there's a lot of different, uh, I guess ways to use it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that point, let, let me, let me jump into, to another, another question that I've got for you because there uh-huh. are a lot of different ways to use it. And some guys I think get the most out of their software. Some guys don't, but Hey, it's your, it's your mapping software. Do what you want to with it. Use it yeah. to hunt. You know, that's the big thing. Just use mm-hmm. it, to use it to get yourself out there. But are, are there differences in ways that you're looking at this, you know, whatever mapping software you're using? are there different ways that you're looking at it or different things that you're looking for? Let's say you're heading into a property, uh, early season, as opposed to the October lull, as opposed to Mm -hmm. the rut or as opposed to late season, like, like, does that change the way that you, um, I, 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 does that change the lens through which you view your
1: map? Yes, absolutely. You know, and I said, there's, I said, uh, what's great about like the Spartan Forge um, app is you can throttle through different maps and you go through like two or three maps, I forget, there might be like five maps total but one or two of those maps is gonna give you a different view of the woods and sometimes it's like a late season view and sometimes it's an early season view, you know? And you can see different um, features, aerial features that that aren't present in some other uh, maps. So say it's early season, you know, mid September, we have usually uh, an acorn crop that starts dropping in mid September. If I know there's an area with acorns, like in, in a look at the map, like, all right, I know there are Oak trees here, you know, and I know what the foliage looks like here, you know, what the Oak trees look like. Then I can kind of take that same mindset uh, and then use it in another piece of the property or, or different property altogether. You know, so, I'm going to an area early season. If I know there's might be some oaks, I'm going to go in there and look for fresh acorns. Yep. And some mapping software is better than others with that, you know. Or you go old school with just Google Earth, and you can look at, you know, you can find different areas where the oaks are.
0: Yeah, I really, really like Google Earth. I, I like that historic view. Yeah. um, that I can use on Google earth. Um, you know, doing a lot of my earlier hunting career in Alabama where it was pine plantation for a lot of this, you know, they grow, they grow rows yeah. of pines, just like people grow rows of corn here in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah. it's it's always changing. So it's really good to know, okay, how, when was this, you know, this block of timber that I'm about to walk up on yeah. when was it cut? Because if it was cut, um, eight years ago, this is probably a banger spot to hang. Yeah. Uh, and if it was cut 26 you- years ago, I probably shouldn't go over there.
1: Exactly. And some, some of the software, they have that feature built into when it was logged, how it was logged. Um, so there is good resources with the different uh, mapping solvers out there. And like I, I hunt with a, well, I don't say I hunt with them. I know a few guys, they have every mapping software out there. You know, they got three or four on their phone. And they use all three or four because some software does this well, some software does this well, and the one guy hunts the big woods. And uh, like I said in PA, you know, central and western PA, and different mapping softwares gives them different features. You know, one software they're pretty consistent on when the tim when the timber cut actually was, and the other one it has better you know, aerial photos of the timber cut. Yeah, you know, so he uses you know a handful of maps on every hunt because you know this one gives this. This map gives you know this software does this. So, but like I said, and as far as like the timber cut, that's super important. You know, you talk about the eight year clear cut. I think you know six to ten years uh, uh, is a good time to check out clear cuts. Yep, there's a lot of browse, a lot of food, and the new guys that are out there getting into hunting. If you can find out when those, they were logged and what type of logging they did. You know, look at those six to eight year, you know, uh, like I said, say eight year. If you got within that eight, you know, six to 10 range, definitely check them out. Walk the edge of the sink. It's gonna be briars for most parts, probably build up some briars, you know, some cherries or some other, you know, maybe some beets and maples, whatever part of the country you're in. But it's, it's a good place to start clear cuts is because of food and you can kind of work your way back.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I think if, if, if a new guy walked up to me and said, Hey, I'm going hunting. I just want to kill a deer. Give me one piece of advice. And this is the only piece of advice you can give me, uh, you know, as far as uh, total, you can only give me one piece. Yeah. My my one piece of advice would be find an eight year old clear cut and walk, you know, find where an eight-year-old clear cut, find its corners or find where terrain features run up into it, whether it's a bottom low spot or a ridge or a a bench, find where a terrain feature heads into the clear cut or find where the corner of the clear cut is and start there.
1: Yeah. And talk about, you know, like mapping, you know, beginners, it's hard to talk about terrain features like over the phone. Um, It's one of those things that the, it's a good, you need like visual yeah. almost because a lot of guys, like, what's the terrain feature or, or what's a cut or what's a, you know, deep cut? You know, like, for me, like, I hunt the mountains. I love deep cuts. I talked to Zach on the Hunting Public a few years ago about the deep cuts, you know, and I had so many people message me, what's a deep cut? And I'm like, oh, it could be a rock slide, you know, it could be where, you know, they logged it out and it kind of washed out and they have to go up and around. And these are experienced mountain hunters, you know, or they had, they spent time in the mountains, you know? And I'm like, you don't know what a deep cut is. <laughs> it's like yeah. I, I learned it, you know, from like hiking, you know, and just being out, but trying to look at it from a, like a beginner standpoint or someone that doesn't know, like my own ignorance to other people's view of things is kind of hurts me sometimes. Cause I'll, I'll say to myself, like, you don't know what that means. Like, but, they might not know what that means because never experienced it, never run across it.
0: That's right, or they may use totally different words.
1: Sure, like they may just call absolutely. It, call it something else. <laughs> yeah, I I remember, uh, you know, speaking in different terms, like the upper one-third, like, uh, you know, for betting. Well, I remember people talking about, like, military crests. And I'm like, military crests, what is that? I don't even know what that means. Yep. But I always call it the upper one-third. Yep. And, but it's like the military crest, I'm like, oh all right, for, you know, it took me like six months to figure out, because I didn't want to post on like, one of the forums what's well, a military crest. People think you're an idiot. So I'm like, I'm just going to try to figure it out on my own. And I, I ran into a guy, uh, and he, he was always talking about that. And I'm like, yeah, 130. goes, yeah, the military crest. I was like, ah, all right, got gotcha you now, you know?
0: Yeah, man, and that's that's half the thing that I want to do with this specific podcast it's it's obviously geared towards guys who are saying i want to get out in the woods but i'm a new yeah. hunter I, I maybe i didn't grow up with a hunting mentor you know and i, I want to get some some good solid beginner information but also and for those guys who are saying what is what's a military crest you know like, yeah. like what helping sort of catch up in some of those areas that maybe you just breezed by and you don't yeah. want to go uh throw that question up on a forum and be like who are, you yeah. know, who are you and why are you hunting if you don't know what this is kind of thing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like the new guys, um, you know, best piece of advice you talk about, you can give a new hunter for me, the best piece of advice I would give a new hunter is look for edge cover where two or three things kind of meet at the same location. You know, the best is like a swamp and a hard edge wood line. You know, there's a soft edge and a hard edge meeting at the same place. That is a, Great place to look for deer sign. Yep, um, and like some of the mapping software, you can see in like the big woods or, or the, where pines meets oaks, you know, or pines meet the you know um, a maple flat or something. There's anytime you have two terrain, two types of vegetation meeting, it's a phenomenal place to start looking for deer sign. Yep, you know it might not be giant buck sign, but you're going to find deer sign if you walk an edge. Couple hundred yards, you're finding rub, scrapes, poop, food. You know, you're finding something deer-related there. And if not, then you know it's in the area. There's not a lot of deer, and you should probably just move on.
0: Yep, that's right. That's right. Yeah, you should move on to a to a totally different area.
1: Yes. So speaking, or so different speaking area in that property, you know. What's that? Or just a different part on the property. Yep. You know.
0: Yep. And, you know, speaking of that, that right there. Uh, yeah, I got two more questions I want to ask you and one is here's, here's one of them. Is there anything about a property as you scope it out on a map or maybe as you're just beginning to put those boots on the ground and kind of try to relate what you've seen on the map to what you're seeing, uh, there in real life, right? Is there anything that you see that you're like, that would just make you write a property off?
1: Say that again now? Yeah. Is there
0: whether maps, on a map yeah whether you're whether you're map scouting or if you're putting boots on the ground is there something that'll just make you just scratch it off and just totally leave a property behind
1: um numerous ladder stands and or hang ons, um like every you know say 60 or 70 yards usually that's in, in my opinion here in jersey i find areas like that it's um, a group of guys that are hunt, or like a guy and his two sons, you know, or something or two or three old, older gentlemen or, or some experienced hunters. Um, if I see a lot of that, I just kind of move on because they're going to for the most part, not always. They're going to come in there uh, 30 minutes before light set up and usually be down walking around a little bit around by like nine o'clock. Yep. And for me, that's just like big bucks. You know, they might go in there during the rut you know, but that's still like you're, you're relying on a lot of luck to get, uh, to see a mature deer. So if I see that, I usually it's like, eh, I'm good you know, Or I used to get bothered by four wheeler trails. Um, but not anymore. You know, they, they used to really irritate me with four wheelers. Um, uh, i I'm like, they're scaring all the deer away. And then you hunt there and you see somebody ripped through on a four wheeler, which they shouldn't cause it's all public. A lot of times the deer just stand there. And that forward is moving. Like if that forward is going 15, 20 miles an hour, you know, odds are he's not seeing that deer that's 30 yards off to his right. You know, cause he's, you know, doesn't want to hit a tree. So he's kind of focused on what he's doing, you know, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, writing a property off, it's boosting the ground, a lot of stands close together. Um, and it says on, a, on a map feature, I would say, nothing against, uh, no, I don't want to say that cause <laughs> I don't mind. Pines. Well, I was going to say like, if it's like just monotonous pines, I usually steer clear of them. Um, say I got like it's a thousand acre piece and it's majority pines. If it's just all pines without any type of terrain breaks, uh, or, you know, transition zones, I just stay away. Um, especially like mature pines pines have been around for 30, 40 years. Like usually there's no food on the, on the ground. Yep. So for the most part, low deer densities. you know, and when you do find food, usually it's a small doe group. That's going to be in it, you know? Um, yeah, mature, fully mature pines. I, I kind of steer clear, uh, not saying you can't kill deer there by any means. For me personally, that's what I do.
0: For sure that that's great. So, uh, final question is this: Are there any tips that you have for the guy that's just trying to put all the pieces together and get better at this whole map scouting thing? Like, like maybe he's got a couple of map scouting softwares. Maybe he's you know been been sort of dipping his toe into this, or maybe he's been doing it for a couple of years and and he's not seeing the success that he wants to see. Any tips to help put it all together?
1: I would say, I mean a good tip would be if you're not, if you're doing what you did last year and you didn't have success last year and you're continuing that same mindset or, or methods this year, I suggest you just stop. If you're doing something and not getting results that you want, stop what you're doing because what you're doing is not working. I know it's a hard pill for men and our (laughs) ego, but if you ain't, you if you ain't getting what you want out of what you're doing, stop. Real crumple up all the paper you have on it, throw it away, and start fresh with different ideas and different views. Um, you know, I, I did a a podcast with the Access Guys a few weeks ago, and uh, they asked me a, a similar question. You know, about what's a good piece of advice someone gave me for hunting related, and I pretty much told them I was like you don't know shit. And the guy was like, they were like, what? I was like, an old trapper told me that. He's like, once you think you know something, he goes, that deer or animal or, or life in general is just going to just punch you in the face. So, you know, that, that mindset he goes, cause you know, he trapped for a living. Like that was his job. If he didn't trap and, and kill so many, you know, coyotes and possums, all that stuff like he didn't eat his family didn't eat. So he looked at everything like it was, from a baby's perspective, like a child, very childlike, very innocent, like, all right, this is new. I know what deer might do, you know, and I'm setting these traps, you know, whatever. So he's not taking anything for granted. He's taking it all in like the first time he's seen it, but he kind of knows at the same time, he kind of blend those two things together. Yep. And that really struck with, yeah. You know, that really stuck with me because, you know, ego and, and, you know, arrogance is a, it's a bad place to be in with hunting once you think oh this is what they're going to do <laughs> yeah okay
0: <laughs> yeah that's what gets guys sit in that same ladder stand for eight years in a row that they shot a buck yeah, out of they, the first year and they haven't seen anything yeah. from
1: it since yeah um, it, not the talk trash on my dad but he hunts this one ladder stand he killed a really good buck there a few years ago you'll see buck sightings but they're few and far between during the rut mm-hmm. um, they just don't come out in, in that it's a great place to hunt you know Um, when they come through there, but it's just like he hunts there and he shot that really good buck, seen a few good bucks, but he's there all the time. And like, he's trying to, you know, and I've been guilty that in the past as well. Like, you know, I killed a buck here. They're going to come through every year. No, they're not. You, You killed that buck. that came through there. Bucks might come through there, but most bucks he might be 20 yards away. So, you know, keep a, keep a fresh mindset and, If you're not having uh, the success that you want, uh, definitely the results that you want—I should say—might not necessarily be success. You know, somebody's success might be seeing a buck, a mature buck. Another person's success is I killed six does, and my family's eating deer meat all year. That's right. So there's different levels to what what everybody's you know shooting for. Because I started hunting back when I go thirty, you know, three decades ago, it wasn't about antlers by any means. It was who can kill more deer that's what the game was for us. We were playing. So speaking in high school. Oh, you killed two there. I killed four. It wasn't about, you know, you know, because there wasn't a lot of bus you know, there wasn't a lot of, you know, you know, public land to hunt back then. So the land that you did hunt, it was just loaded with people. So you had to be like a little bit of skill and a little bit of luck and you shot does, you know, I used to go home before school and shoot a doe, go home, hanging up and go to school. You know, mm-hmm. and it was like, yeah, I got a doe before school. What'd you do? Nothing. Sleeping. You know, it's more of a, you know, and other guys were the exact opposite. They just, they'll, they'll wait five years, shoot one buck, which is, they're right, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that as, you know, that's what they want to do.
0: Yep. yeah, For sure. Well, Greg, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate, the, yeah. appreciate this. I, I learned a ton, I know, uh, <laughs> and it's always good to get back and cover some of these basics. So, really appreciate yeah. you taking the time folks want to hear more yeah, from man. you first of all i'd recommend all you got to do is go google your name you're all over the place yeah. man like you've been on wow. i think every podcast out there uh at this point point. Yeah. and um man your your info is so so good you're, you always do such an incredible job uh one of the reasons i, I wanted to have that. you on here um just i've learned so much from you over the years so appreciate it a lot yeah. if folks want more where yeah, should man. they go
1: like I said this, uh, Instagram and YouTube, there's some, I got a few hunts on YouTube, uh, back when I was filming, had quite a few buck kills in there, you know, uh, and some scouting about bedding, you know, and just stand set up in the big woods, a little bit of everything, you know, I don't have many, uh, if you're a gear guy, I don't do many gear reviews. So there's more hunting content versus, uh, gear content. Good deal,
0: good deal. Well, man, thanks a lot. Good luck to you in the upcoming weeks. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to be putting some boots on the ground, and uh, yeah, good luck yeah. Um, this spring. Yeah, Are you doing any turkey hunting?
1: Uh, Jersey, we have to apply for permits to turkey, which is just and they, the way they run it is there's a Saturdays. Uh, I think E the zone or something E E group, and that's Saturday only from eight to twelve. So I put in for that because so I'm not going to ever take off work to do a turkey hunting.
0: Sure.
1: Um, I've I missed out on the lottery the last two years, put in for it, didn't get it, um, which I don't know how that happens because there's like 8 million turkeys in New Jersey and it's like, you're telling me we can't you can't give out some more permits? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if I, if I get it, I'll go out. You know, If not, uh, I'll go hunt turkeys in PA and Western PA. But that usually, even my turkey hunting, Usually it turns into deer scouting. I'm good for like the first hour, no turkey or goblin. I'm look, I'm lucky with deer sign.
0: Yeah, you're getting you're getting so. them off the roost, or it's or it's a scouting session.
1: Yeah, or <laughs> if I get lucky, I'm like oh look, a turkey scratches. You know, try call one in, but usually I'm like oh look, I find an antler, and then if I find the shed, turkey's like what? Um, why am I doing? Why am I carrying a gun? How do I get a gun in my hand? Like I completely lose focus and <laughs> what I'm doing. Oh,
0: man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on, man. Appreciate your time. Have a good evening. See man. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can find more outdoor-themed podcasts at sportsmansnation.com on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you download your podcasts.